All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Thank you for joining us here on Dropping the Gloves. Very glad you you made it. Tim's here as usual from North. You know, I got a random call from North Carolina yesterday. Did you know that? Why didn't you pick up? Was it you? No. (laughs) Oh, because I didn't answer. And I never answer calls usually. I don't like to answer calls. I don't know who it is, but it's always debt collectors are coming after me left and right. (laughs) uh, $40 hospital bill you won't pay. It's actually $33 now. I'm like, get out of town. But um, yeah, I didn't answer. I just figured it was you, but it wasn't. So anyways, there you go. Because I got my identity stolen. You know that. Oh, that's right. right. Yeah. So I just What's keep going on getting, with that? I don't know. I just had to get an IRS pin number and stuff and refile my taxes and all this jazz. And I got to go and protect my credit, the credit bureaus. And I don't know. It's just, it's just, I don't have time for it. You know what I mean? You don't sound that worried about it. I'm not. If you want to take steal my identity, go for it. I feel like have at her. <laughs> you know, that that doesn't mean that you can pick someone else's then and you can start over. That's not how it works. I do have a lot of like retirement savings too. So they could just clean me out. I should probably tell my guy. Yeah, you should be way more worried about this. You got to take it seriously. Do you? Or I, I just figure it's some like scamming conglomerate that just throws a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. They're not coming after me in particular because they did my whole office here at our engineering firm, you know? So I I just figured they got a bunch of social security numbers and they just submitted a bunch of tax returns and see, see what they can get. I don't know. It's all coming out of India, Bangladesh, that area. It's all scammy over there. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope they don't figure out like what if they're what if their process is to cast a wide net and then figure out which people have some do re me in the bank and all of a sudden you do become a real target. What if they listen to the show and then they put two and two together? What's our, next. what's our Indian demographic look like? I don't I don't think it's strong. It's not zero though. It's not zero. I bet you it is zero. In India? I look it up. Not right now. Let's not waste any time. We got lots to talk about. The playoffs are in full swing. Did you know that? I did. I did. I've been watching a lot of hockey lately. You know, the great thing about hockey is unlike basketball, which is just, it's so boring to watch basketball. There's no series that are done. 
It's so competitive. The players are just flying around. It's so entertaining. I try to watch a basketball game. There's really no point to watch a basketball playoff game until the last three minutes. That's when it gets interesting. But up until that point, it's just like, who cares? It's who cares. But the one similarity I will make with basketball and hockey, and hockey just just started to do this. Every game in basketball, when I check the box score, someone's up by 20 points. I put my phone down. I'll check it again 10 minutes later. Oh, it's a tie game. There's massive runs in basketball that happen every single game. And I never understood it. The Celtics last night, that was their exact game. Every game, it's like that. Every single game. I don't know if the refs changed the way they call the game. I don't know if the players just decide to stop trying at some point. It's every single game. I used to play in the NHL. I don't know if many people know that. Um, it was not a thing. The old adage was, if you got up by two or three, you better win that game. And if you don't, you're getting bag skated for the next week. You need to get, you need to win that game. Now it seems like no lead is safe. And it started last year with the Edmonton Oilers, Calgary Flames. I'm sure there was instances before that, but it was commonplace last year for the Edmonton Oilers just to be down by four and come back and win the game. No lead was safe with them. And it's happening in the playoffs, which is unheard of 10 years ago. 10 years ago, if you have a lead going to the third, Tim, you can lock it up 80% of the time you're going to win that game. Teams would just pack it in, play defense, play the trap, not push anything, dump the puck in, force everything to the outside. That's it. Am I wrong? That's when you're getting your ice time, right? That's when you're getting your minutes in. Oh, baby. That's a no. The only time I got minutes is if we were smoking teams, if we're up by five. I remember I I did play in the playoffs with the Chicago Blackhawks. Third period came. I was seat belted to the bench. The only team I, the only time, man, I'm just like, I apologize. The only time I got ice in the third, we were in Vancouver. I think we were winning six or seven to one. I played the whole third period to the point where I'm trying to get off the ice and all the other defensemen are laughing at me. Because I'm trying to change and Dunks is like, no, you stay out there because I've been out there for like two and a half minutes. No one wanted to play. They had played a ton already before that because I had forced them to play every minute the game before. But I think it was game five and we were just shellacking Vancouver. In the third period, Tim, no word of a lie. I probably played 13, 14 minutes. Maybe I'm exaggerating. It felt like I played the whole period. So they were just giving me a hard time. I was try- I, I distinctly remember trying to change, and it was the last two minutes of the game, and they're like, well, you're not coming off. And so I just stayed on the ice, and I was straight-legging it the whole last minute of the game because I was just gassed, and the boys were loving it on the bench. But anyways, going back to playoffs, going back to protecting leads, going back to how hockey is now similar to basketball, every single night it seems like a team is up by three in the last week. And 10 years ago, the game would have been over. Now teams are coming back on the regular every single night. Last night, it happened again with the, well, sorry, two nights ago, it happened again with the Toronto Maple Leafs. The night before that, it was the Edmonton Oilers. The night before that, it was the Avalanche coming back on the Kraken. The night before that, it was the Oilers coming back on the Kings or the Kings and the Oilers or the Wild and the Stars. Every night, it seems like teams are coming back from multi-goal deficits in the third period. And I don't know why. Is it just a change in how people see the game and coach the game and how players play the game where they just can't play defense. 
they can't transition from run and gun offense, go, 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 make that first outlet pass and go to all of a sudden changing the way you play the game to say, okay, we're going to pull back the reins. We're not going to push anymore. And when teams try to do that, like maybe the Oilers did, or maybe the Leafs have done, or the Lightning, or whoever it is, the LA Kings, if they try to pull back there, the team just buries them because they don't know how to play defense consistently. There's no like defensive specialist lines anymore. Or is there, Tim? I don't know. What's the reason for all these comebacks? I've been trying to wrap my head around it because a team like LA is a good defensive team. Or is it just Edmonton can just, boom. Flip flip of a switch, we're going to start playing offense. The, Ed, the Oilers do this. This is their MO. They always get scored on first. They always go down by multiple goals. And then something clicks, and they just go beast mode and come back and dominate the other team. Why? I mean, I don't think there's one answer. It's probably a lot of things. But part of it, maybe the biggest reason, that scoring's up in the NHL across the board. We spend a lot of time talking about that. Even compared to like a year or two ago, scoring is up big time this year. And so when people have the ability to score and that offense is up and the, I don't know, it's almost like there's some kind of like juice ball thing from baseball going on where they can just score at higher rates than they have in the past. Are you saying they're on steroids? <laughs> no, no, maybe the puck has changed, not not the not the, the bodies. But um, so when scoring's up, you have that ability to score in bunches like that. And it seems like teams aren't as good at locking it down like they used to, to your point, too. Like, you shut it down and you make the simple plays. And if you're up by two in the third period, yeah, you should win that game. It should take extraordinary, like, it should be rare. And it's it's happening a couple of times a week now. So it is it is pretty unusual. Yeah, I'd like to know. And I, I'm not in the minor hockey system or the junior system. If that is a thing, if t- coaches just don't, coach defense anymore i feel like it's just such an offensive league now starting from the bottom up like back when i was you know learning the game and in minor leagues and working my way up it was stressed you learned your defensive zone first before you even started in the offensive zone you learned how to protect your own end break out the puck have a strong neutral zone get into the offensive zone then you worked on your offense but it was never never the first, second, or third thing you did any given practice. So I'd, I'd be interested to know what what is being taught because it feels like just this is fundamental stuff, keeping people to the outside, limiting their speed, you know, getting in front of a guy, not chasing guys behind the goal line if they have the puck. Simple things. And guys are selling out all over the ice, and they're just looking silly. They're making it really easy for the offensive guy to make plays at critical times. Very critical times. You're chasing guys outside of the dots. Just giving them the middle of the ice. It's, uh, I don't know. It's it's a different game, but it's a, it's entertaining. That's all I know. The goals are going up. Games are exciting. No one's ever, ever out of it. So you can't turn away. Because the t- other team's going to tie it up and they're going to go to overtime. All right. All that aside, let's get to the actual games that were played. Tim, I just wanted to get that off my chest because I've just... You know, you want to stay up and watch the games. Okay, the Kings are up by three after the first period. It's like, I'm going to bed. It's 1030. You wake up in the morning, it's like, dang, they went to overtime and Oilers won. The game didn't end until 2 a.m. It's like, gosh. Okay, moving on. Leafs Lightning. Lightning didn't really have a good homestand, Tim. They go home, lose two games. 
Leafs are now up three to one. The Leafs had an epic comeback themselves down multiple goals, multiple times. And they're, they're coming back. They're winning games. Austin Matthews finally has his playoff moment where he embraces it, puts the Leafs on his back, scores a couple goals. The Leafs win in exciting fashion. Is this series over? What did you think of this big comeback? Because I was excited. I was like, the Leafs are going to lose. It's going to be a best of three. Fantastic. Here we go. What did you think, Tim, of the big comeback? Oh, I was pumped because we were we were texting during the game. I think it was four to one, right? Or maybe it was three to one at this point when you texted me. And you're like, what's going on with this game? Are, is, are the Lightning really dominating? And they they kind of were for the first 40 minutes, especially that that second or third line, whatever it is for them now. But it's Sorelli, Kalorn, and um, who's the Hagel? Yeah, they were so good. Kalorn had a couple of goals, I think. And just so it just looked like it was Big Brother. And it looked like what I said last week, where the t- Tampa's or Toronto's going to win a couple and make you think that they're a different team and then come back and lose it like they always do. And it looked like that was going to happen again. And then something changed. Something changed in the third period. They were a different team. They were winning puck battles. And some, I mean, part of it was, you know, it's not Vasilevsky's fault. John, John Cooper had a statement after the game was like, some of these points, these, these uh, deflections from the point, like no, there's no goal in the world that's stopping that. Not many players in the world that can make that. Some of the goals that Austin, Austin Matthews scored. And so, all of a sudden, it's four to two, four to three, four to four, heading into overtime. And even in that moment, even before the overtime, just the fact that they came back felt different, right? Even if if they ended up losing in the series is two to two, the fact that they were able to battle back from four to one, I think would have instilled a lot of confidence into the, the rest of the series. But the fact that they won means they're on top of the world right now. Yeah. I, th- I think they have obviously strangled on this series and they slayed a lot of dragons and built up a lot of confidence by coming back the way they did. There's 10 minutes left in the third. You're down by three goals. It was reminiscent of the Bruins on them in game seven. What? That was six years ago. Ten years ago. Ten years ago. It has that same feeling. Then all of a sudden, one goal. Then it's two goals. Then it's three goals. And it's like, this is a Leafs game to win. Then they get the power play in overtime and Kerfoot seals it. This is the... And I called it. It's a different team this year for the Toronto Maple Leafs. And it feels like a different team for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Last year, this would have been a tap-in for the Lightning. They would have just, boom, we're going to seal it. We're going to win. They don't have the horses anymore, especially on the back end. Hedman played a great game, but after that, it gets a little thin. Bogosian plays maybe half the game. Then he's stapled to the bench, much like I am. They, They don't have the guys. They lost Ryan McDonough. Eric Chernak's out with an injury. You're leaning on two guys, really, Hedman and Sergachev, who have been there, and his Radish kid, he's playing too much. He's in over his head. He's playing good, but it's just, they don't have it this year. Their time is done. This is Toronto's time. I'm upset Tampa didn't win, because I, I, I thought they were going to go to Game 7, but gosh, Toronto played great. Ryan O'Reilly, coming as advertised, like I said, after Game 3, He's he's a big deal. Willie Nylander's stepping up, but it's the Austin Matthews show. He really stepped up, buried a couple of really nice goals, and Toronto's moving on to the second round. They will finish this out at home, game five. No way they lose this game. I think it's going to be done, Tim. I think they're going to 4-1. That's it. I, I don't see the Lightning coming back. I think Toronto has the momentum, and this series is over. I, I know I'm blowing it we're going to do the picks at the end of the show but gosh 
How else do you see any way for the Tampa Bay Lightning to come back in this series? Just the way things have gone. Braden Point out, or he he played, sorry, shell of his former self. Hedman's playing on one leg, one shoulder. I don't know what's wrong with him. He plays a ton of minutes, but he's not the same guy he was last year, the year before. I just don't see it from Tampa Bay this year. Yeah, you're probably right. But if there's a road, here's how I think it happens. Tampa's going to be in desperation mode now. Obviously, this is the must-win game the rest of the way. They're, they're, their backs are against the wall. If they still won in Game 5 in that desperation mode, still 3-2, to two, but then they're going home, they don't want to lose at home. Maybe a Chernak comes back into the lineup if he's healthy enough. You start The tide starts shifting a little bit. If you can tie it up at home, then it's Game 7. And it's Game 7, you have a healthier lineup. You love Game 7s. Toronto hates them. Their butts start clenching. They start getting nervous. It's a here we go again. If if Tampa was going to come back, it's probably the best case scenario they can hope for is win in desperation in game five, get Chernak back in the lineup in game six, get a little bit of rest from some of the other guys, and then uh, win game seven. I think I think if if they still if they go to game seven, would you pick Tampa? Yeah, I think if it gets to seven, I would take yeah. Tampa just because of everything that comes along with being game seven with the Leafs, the history, everything. It's it's not going to seven. The Lightning were giving the puck away. They were outshot. Everything everything went wrong for the Tampa Bay Lightning last game. The minute they the Leafs tied the game at four four, it was it was done. There was no way Toronto was going to lose that game. So, and I feel like the series is done. A lot happened in Game Four. A lot happened mentally for the Leafs. It was a good thing for them to come back like that. So there's a decision to be made now. Michael Bunting's suspension is over. Does he come into the lineup? Where does he fit into the lineup? A lot of speculation there. We did see that Keith said there's no way that uh, knees or knives, however you say, is coming out of the lineup. So who comes out or does Bunting sit? You, you got to put him back in. You have to. He's he's a good player. I think he's you know served his time. He's done his penance. You keep knives in. You take Aston Reese out. You take Lafferty out, one of the two wingers on the fourth line, and you put Bunting on the fourth line. I like the way Yonkrok's been with Matthews and Marner. I think that's a solid first line. Kerfoot, Tavares, Nylander's been playing pretty well. Nice O'Reilly, Achari's playing great. They have three legit good lines that can do everything for you. You put Bunting on the fourth line, you give him a little slap on the wrist, you say, you work your way up. You're going to get seven, eight minutes a game. We'll see what we can do. And, and you start from there. He's too good to sit. He, he's a great player. This is just blowing his... his contract value for next year for him by the way he's going to be ufa after this year he's just having a terrible playoffs to do this this guy transitioning from last year to this year his value last year was sky high he was he was in the three and a half four and a half million dollar range maybe more playing on the first line with matthews what happened all of a sudden fast forward to this year tim it's just like who's going to want this guy he gets suspended he's a hothead i don't know He's costing himself millions and millions and millions of dollars. He was he was going to get thirty five million over seven years. I bet. Now he's going to be lucky to get twenty two, twenty three million over seven. It's a, it's a tough unless he turns it around in this playoff. Anything's possible, but yeah, I think he slots in on the fourth line. What do you think? In out. I think he's out. I think he's out after they won both games. I think he's out. Um, until, until you, I mean, there's no problem right now. The lineup's confident. I think he's out. Okay. I don't think he's out. I think he's in. I think the fourth line could use a boost. It's not like they've been 
on fire and scoring a ton of goals and getting tons of hits and this and that. They were dash one last game. They got scored up. So I think Bunting draws in. It would be a smart thing to put him on the fourth line. Let him get his feet wet. Don't give him a big roll. No penalty killing. No power play. Just let him go out there and throw some hits. Stay out of the mix. He's not going to be playing against Tampa Bay's first or second line. Let him play against Tampa's fourth line. Get in Perry's face. Get in Maroon's face. Belmar. Let him deal with those guys. And I think it'd be a good thing moving on to the next round because they will move on to the next round. Speaking of that, Eastern Conference. Devils Rangers. The series was all, all but locked up. Rangers are playing great the first two games. They had the Devils number. Devils couldn't get anything going. They couldn't score a goal. They couldn't get anything going. Jack Hughes said, we got shellacked. We were bad. What else What else do you want me to say? We played garbage the first two games. I, I loved his interview. He was very forthright, very honest. Said, we, we sucked. We, there's nothing else to say. We have to play better. Lo and behold, Devils go into MSG. Very, very tough place to play. They get two wins. Suddenly, we got a 2-2 series. Tim Devils have home ice again. They're going back to, what's their rink called? The Prudential Center? I don't know what it's called now. Going back to New Jersey, feeling really good. Jack Hughes is playing fantastic. Dougie Hamilton's playing grace. Timo Meyer still have no idea where he is. But they're feeling good. Who wins the series, Tim? Best of three. You still got New Jersey? You picked them initially. Are you liking your pick now? I did. And yes, I am. And it's right. Like that quote from Jack Hughes is like, because everyone was kind of saying, you know, including me, like they're smaller, they're le- they're less experienced. They're being pushed around a little bit. They're not ready for the moment. And he was like, no, 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 none of that's true. We just, we just played like crap. We just, that's the only reason. And we'll play better. And then they did. And so, yeah, they're looking really good. And now they're, it's a best of three. They have two games at home. How would you not pick them? I understand. It's it's weird because they still feel like underdogs, even though they finished higher in the seed. It still feels like them beating would be an upset and it's not. And so, yeah, for that reason, I would pick the Devils. They have, uh, they played Thursday night, tomorrow night at home. I like their chances. Yeah, I still think they lose. I like the Rangers. It's a great series. I hope it goes seven. It's a low-scoring series, which surprised me. Yes, I know Shesterkin's playing great. I thought the Devils were going to put up some goals. I thought the Rangers have and continue will to put up some goals. But it's a fun series to watch. I think that at the end of the day, I know Jack Hughes says uh, experience doesn't mean anything. We just didn't play well. Experience means a lot when it comes down to these situations. It's game five. It's game six. It's game seven. It's going to be jam-packed. Pressure's going to mount. I just think the Rangers are going to be there. Kreider's been there. Kane, Fox, Cheadle, Tarasenko, Kako. All these guys have been there, done that. But who knows? I like the Rangers. I like the way Ryan Lindgren's been playing. I think Kaner's going to step up. This is the reason why they brought him in. I think he's going to bury a hat trick. He, he, he's been playing great. He's their leading, leading point getter this series. So I think he's going to step up. I think the Rangers are going to win. Sturkin's going to steal one with the shutout or a one goal, 40 save performance. And they they get the series in seven, but it's exciting. I'm glad the Devils won these last two games. Jack Hughes is the Devils' leading uh, point scorer with three points in four games. He's yeah. tied with Dougie and Jesper Bat Brad all have three points in four games. It is a low scoring, and Timo Meyer has zero points. Still got what zero. The, what are the chances that he scores ten points in the final three games and passes Patrick Kane? Zero. <laughs> no chance at all. He he has been so invisible this I whole series. If he's hurt or something. I don't, I don't know. He's playing on the first line, first power play unit. Like he's getting his opportunities. The guy's getting minutes. He just doesn't do anything. But it's not like his line's playing well. Hearshire and Brat aren't doing anything either. It's really been Jack Hughes, power play. That's it. They're not, they got a couple even strength goals last game, but the Devils aren't clicking. 
they're not flying out there. They're playing great defensively. It's just, uh, it is what it is. It's it's the playoffs, baby. This is a good playoff matchup. They're buckling down on defense. You got to take what they give you. They're playing good defense. It's the opposite, opposite of the West Coast, which is just like run and gun, score some goals. Speaking of the West Coast. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, Tim, your favorite team, the team you've been humping on for the last two years, all of a sudden, not looking too good for the Colorado Avalanche. They lose game four. Seattle wins game four. This series, which myself, I thought was going to be four, four and out, maybe four, one, give Seattle one win. It's tied two two. Seattle has all the momentum. Colorado's lineup is in flux. Nashuskin's gone. Kale McCarr with a hit on Jared McCann. He suspended one game. What is happening with the defending Stanley Cup champions? Can you believe this? The expansion, Seattle Kraken. First time in the playoffs. Terrible last year. Biggest point differential ever in NHL history in the playoffs. They, they could beat the Colorado Avalanche. What is going on in Colorado? First of all, let's just talk about the McCarr hit. Agree with the Tim? I'm sure you saw it. You were probably there. You got a McCarr tattoo on your calf. Do you agree with the with with the suspension? I do. Yeah. And and I don't think it was like intentional in the sense that McCarr was said after the game and he's not, he has no track record. He's obviously not a dirty player. He said he didn't see where the puck went. He thought it went to the corner and he thought that McCann was chasing it so he laid the body on him. Obviously, it didn't. It went out, and McCann wasn't expecting it. And so he's hurt. He missed the rest of the game. He's probably going to miss game five. And um, who's the coach? Is it in um, Seattle? I'm blanking on the name, but he's pissed about it, obviously. And so, yeah, I'm okay with the one-game suspension. Some people think it should be more. There there have been worse um, or, yeah, similar hits that have been for way more games. But I think the, the lack of track record and the fact it wasn't a hard hit but it was too hard to lay it, on, lay it on a guy with a puck nowhere near him. So, yeah, I agree with the suspension. Uh, the head coach is Dave Haskell. Um, Hackstall, excuse me. I don't think it's a suspension. I, I think all the onus and the blame falls on the referee. If you listen to it live, the whistle's after the hit. So even the ref doesn't know when it hit the netting. If you're a player, you play to the whistle. So he's going into the corner. He doesn't know where the puck is. It's not like he, like you mentioned. He doesn't go in there and completely bury them all out McCann stops playing so he knows the puck's out of play McCarr doesn't see it so he's playing the body if McCann still thinks the puck's in play it's not a dangerous play at all so McCann lets up he stands up he's straight leg and McCarr just buries him so that's the issue McCann thinks the play's done McCarr thinks the play's in play the ref doesn't blow the whistle what is McCarr supposed to do you're taught to play until you hear the whistle I don't think it's a suspension there's a reason they dropped it down from a five major to a two on the ice. It's because there was a gray area there. But yeah, no, it's smart from the NHL. You want your most exciting player suspended. It's it's a it's a smart play. You want you want that to happen. It's such a dumb suspension. I don't understand it. Give him a two, maybe give him a five on the ice. Don't suspend the guy. It's so dumb. Yeah, I don't agree with that, but he got suspended, and so he's out of the lineup. They already are, are without Lannis Cog, obviously. They're out without uh, Nichuskin now. It's kind of mysterious. We don't, we don't really know what's going on there. But all of a sudden, the lineup's not looking too healthy and too good. 
And yeah, this is, the, this is I, the series they should have swept. Maybe five, like you said. At what point do you start seeing? I think this is Seattle series. Well, Tim, I said it Don't. before the playoffs even started. No, Colorado no, no. is in trouble. You did I didn't say think that. It, I did not think it was going to happen this early, but they're in trouble. Like th- this is this is Seattle series now to lose. Grubauer is playing fantastic. Colorado, I saw some interesting tweet. Their full second line from last year's Stanley Cup championship win is gone. Lana Scott, Kadri, Nishushkin. Nishushkin, I think he has been abducted by Russian mafia members. I have a reliable source in the Russian mafia. Tim shaking his head. Don't do it. Don't that. spread misinformation. There's people in trouble for that, John. There is. And we're not that show. No one trusts us at all. But yeah, he is who knows? Such a weird, <laughs> such a weird thing. It's like, where did he where did he go? This is the Good playoffs. Point. The fact that no one if, if you can say whatever you want if no one takes you seriously, right? So right? Carte blanche. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. But in all honesty. Why is there no information? This guy just disappears. He leaves the hotel at night with uh, team security and he's gone. That's that's shady. Like the reason I think it's Russian mafia stuff or KGB stuff is because Putin's killed killed reporters. Like he's done some sketchy stuff for people who oppose him. Did Nishushkin say some things that he didn't want or didn't like? I don't know. We would know, I think. So have you ever seen, I mean, you don't have to name names, but has any, has an incident ever happened where a player just sort of like, no, or no. like, Hey, where did, where did this guy go at midnight with the coach and whatever? And no, guy. Yeah. it's not a thing that happens. Like this isn't 1960 cold war. This dude, 2023, you know, and everybody has cell phones. Everything's on camera. Why does no one know where this guy is? I don't know. It's a very strange situation, but all that aside, Colorado was in big trouble. They, I think they're going to lose this first round. Seattle's playing great. I don't know. It's just, and especially with Macario game five, what are they going to do? They got no second line. They got no third line. They got no fourth line. McKinnon's got to score seven goals. He really has to step up his game. Him and it. It's all they got Tim and Devin Taves. But other that's than that, a lot, though. that is a lot. Those two. It is a lot. But when you contrast that with the Seattle Kraken, who've been playing great, I know McCann's out, but they got a very deep lineup. They do, and they have a very good top six defense. (sighs) Colorado, they are not looking good. All right, moving on. Another game. Going into game. Oh, gosh. Do you want to talk about these other three? Let's talk about Styles War, Stars Wild, and get out of here. I don't want to do Oilers, Kings, Canes, Isles. Series is 3-2 for the Islanders, or the Canes. I think it's over. Good for the Islanders. I think Canes will finish it out. Oilers, Kings. That's a fun one. I think the Kings win win next game. Let's talk about the Wild Stars. Friend of the show. I thought about this a lot. Marcus Foligno. Fired up. First shift. Goes and absolutely just... (sighs) Terrible decision on him. It, it, It is a dangerous kneeing penalty. On Radic Foxa. Deserves the five-minute penalty he got. Deserves a suspension. Neen penalties are, to me, one of the most dangerous hits. You can end guys' career throwing those types of hit. And, and it just, it was such an egregious hit. Moose went in there. Foxa moved. Marcus didn't adjust. And he 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 catches him bad. So I don't know what happened to Foxa if he returned. But 
that was it for the wild. That was like 35, 40 seconds into the game. Stars get a five minute power play. They score on the power play. They're all jacked up. They go on, win four, nothing. They lead the series three to two. First shutout of the playoffs, by the way. Very excited for that. It's been a, uh, very strange. Usually there's one nothing games in the playoffs all the time. What'd you think of this? Tough break for this for the wild? Yeah, tough break. And actually, Biz and the team at uh, TNT did a good breakdown on this where he talks about like how we how Fox jumps up in the air to catch the puck and he drops it and it drops on the other side of him. So he has to turn, which makes his, his top half smaller. Only his leg is like the main point of contact that is left to hit, basically. And Felino, um, it wasn't a dirty hit. It wasn't intentional. He wasn't trying to like clip him or anything, but because of the bang, bang play. Um, and, and they said, you know, like you've said too, it's like, you still got to be in control of your body. Like accidents can happen, but you're still responsible for what your body does. And, and so what happens is now Felino is out of the game, five minute major, you get the power play, which they scored on, you got the momentum. And like, now you have a rallying cry too. Like let's, let's bounce back for Fox. They're, they're upset. They're angry. They want to go and score. Meanwhile, on the flip side, the Wilds have to play the rest of the game without one of their best players, basically the whole game. And so, yeah, four nothing is what you get. Now they have a three-two series lead. Do you? We can't say this is over, right? This no, is, no. Is, I think the Wild bounce back. They, they've been playing really good hockey. I think they bounce back to make it to Game Seven back to Dallas. But uh, yeah, I think Marcus will get suspended. I don't know if anything's been announced just yet. But if you watch the hit, he he does clip. Fox's body a little bit, but he like 90% of the hit is knee on knee and it's a dangerous place. So hopefully Fox is okay. Moose will be fresh for game seven. If it gets there, because I think he gets a one game suspension. All right, moving on one last little quick hit, Tim, a couple quick hits. What are we talking about? Well, Brad Marchand was in the press once again. Shocker. Yeah, this is really interesting one. We actually had a couple of people, um, you know, send in some questions on this. And he took uh, issue with ESPN airing hot mic moments during the game. And this particular one was at the end of game two or three. And I think it was game three because it was when Florida won. And uh, and Kachuk is yelling at Nosek and he's yelling some pretty obscene stuff about Nosek's wife or whatever. And like everyone's laughing about it on Twitter and it's fine. Like it's whatever. But Marshawn takes issue with it. And this is a quote here. He said, the fact that the media outlets allow that to happen, it's very disrespectful to the agreement we have in place. That's how guys are going to push to get them taken away, to get the guy between the benches out of there because it's going to get guys in trouble. It's not fair and it's not right. So basically insinuating like with that level of access, there also has to be an understanding that certain things are meant to be among between players only and not shared with the public and broadcasted. What do you think? What do you think about that? I agree. I think there, there is a certain line where you, you don't cross and they've been very loose with the mute button between the benches they've been airing everything it's it's been really amazing the amount of swear words the type of conversations they're letting play and yeah it'll make the players gun shy about saying anything and then you want to have that personality that kind of back and forth between the players it's fun but you got to be careful when you allow it the kachuk stuff never should have been aired and yes everyone loves talking about it because you're you're watching a real live you know interaction between players in the playoffs in the heat of the battle. At the end of the day, it, you have to have some kind of awareness of what they're saying. You know, I don't know. And Kachuk's, I don't know if Nozick's married or what he's calling her this and that. I don't blame Kachuk for saying it. You got to mute it. You have to mute it. You got to let the guys hash it out on the ice and go at each other. That's what makes hockey great. 
is that passion and fire and animosity. If that's taken away, the players are just going to go there and not talk to each other. And I don't know. I, I agree with Marshawn. Either mute it all and or just not have the guys there. Because it's just, it's not right. And especially if there's kids listening to the game. Like you really want your kids sitting there when Pierre Maguire is between the bench or whoever it is. Talk, some guy's talking about this person's wife or girlfriend or t- calling this and that and his challenging him. And no, okay, it, it's not okay. So I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's okay or should they just get the guy out of there between the, I think it's nice to have a guy between the bench because he can hear everything. And then when the incident's over, he can comment on it. So that situation would have been much better. The guy listens to the conversation. Everything goes away. The play starts. And then they ask, Hey, Pierre, what's going on between the bench? I don't know who it was. It wasn't Pierre. It was Ray Ferraro or somebody else. And Ray goes, you know what? Yeah, it was Matthew and knows it going back and forth. And, you know, it sounds like things are getting pretty heated down here, you guys. That That's how it should have went. Well, it's interesting because what I didn't hear you say was, and this is what I would have thought maybe your, your response would have been, was like, even though it's like vulgar and dirty and, and maybe would not be polite language and polite conversation, like it's still part of the game. It's gamesmanship and like all players, most of the time, no one takes it personally eventually i mean once in a while someone crossed the line but that's a that's like a almost like a, a sacred rite of passage between nhl players you don't get to hear it you don't get to be part of it you don't get to say anything unless you've earned the right to be there and i and maybe there's maybe there's an element of that like i'm surprised you didn't really say anything about that because that's like if you didn't if if you you don't get to be you don't get to sit at the dinners with them if you don't make the league you don't get to hear the chirps on the ice if you're not there like it's 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 between them only is that is there anything to that I don't know. I I don't really, it's not for everybody to hear, you know, I I don't know. I I, I don't really think of it that way. It's like, I, uh, I made it here. I can say whatever I want, or you don't get to hear it, but it is, it's a conversation on the ice. It should stay on the ice. Uh, It is. I, I just think they need to be more careful with the mute button because it's just, it's, it's not okay. I get it. I don't, I'm okay with the odd F bomb for the mics above the ice. If there's a bad play or someone's upset about a play and it just slips out, it's okay. Yeah. If you, if you're listening into a conversation right, and it's going on for one minute, two minutes, it's not okay. Mute it. Go step away. Analyze the game. It, it's too much. It's too much. All right. What else are we talking about? The flames announced yesterday. They're building a new arena. Uh, right downtown, and it's going to be massive. The quote from their um, Alberta premier, Danielle Smith, said Calgary will be home to one of the greatest arenas and event centers in North America. So it's, they're pulling out all the stuff. It's going to be massive. I didn't know they needed one. I mean, the oh, Saddledome's awful. It flooded it? a few years back. Oh, Everything. Remember right. the locker rooms, the yeah. ice, everything was flooded. The Saddledome is the biggest dump of arena in the whole league. The locker rooms are garbage. Everything stinks in the saddle dome. So it is, it is a long time coming. They, they really do. The roof is always leaked in that place. It's a, it looks, it's a neat design to look at, but it's not, it's not good. It's bad, bad angles for watching the game. It's so strange, but yeah, it's a, this is a great thing for Calgary. I love it. Good for them. They're catching up with Edmonton, Edmonton, the big new rink and everything that goes along with it. So good for them. Good for Calgary. Hockey is alive in Alberta thriving love that little trivia question for you here who leads the defenseman in playoff points this year all defensemen i'll be honest we talked about this before the show so i was thinking about it a little bit and the only name i could come up with was evan bouchard 
I feel like the the Oilers score a ton of goals every single game, and he's on the ice all the time on the power play. Usually gets offensive zone faceoffs. I didn't cheat. I didn't look. And so I think it's Evan Bouchard, maybe Morgan Riley, because they put up a lot of points too. Adam Fox, but I feel like this would be a trivia question that wouldn't just have an obvious answer, like a Makar or a Fox. That's why I'm going with an Evan Bouchard. It is Evan Bouchard. He's yeah, got- nailed it. Eight points in five games. Neil Pionk is next with seven, all assists. Uh. And then the tie of three-way tie for third place, Morgan Riley, Heiskanen, and Adam Fox, all with uh, six. So, What's going on with the Vegas-Winnipeg? Is it 3-2 Vegas? That series still going on. Is uh, it a thing? Is it happening if no one talks about it? Is it 3-2 um, Vegas? I three to one. honestly don't know. 3-1. to one. Okay, yeah. so that, that'll be up. Let's go through all the series here because they're none, none of them are done. We have a couple games tonight. The teams are getting a two-game break. We got the Bruins-Panthers tonight. Bruins can finish it out. What do we got, Tim? For this game or the series? It could be both if you give me the <laughs> Bruins are going to win. So, <laughs> Yeah, I think, I think both. Um, yeah, what do you think? I agree. Panthers are done. Bruins win. Kraken avalanche tonight. Huge game five here in, in Colorado. What are we doing? Yeah, um, I think I think I think Colorado. I think with big games from uh, Nathan McKinnon. I think he's got a three or four point night in him. I think Seattle. Matty Bernier's future friend of the show. Bernier's. All right, Thurs- Thursday night, Lightning Maple Leafs. Lightning. I'm going Leafs. Think they close it out. Rangers Devils. Devils. I go Rangers, and then the series that I don't really watch: Knights Jets. Um, I'll say nights. I think they close it out. I agree. All right. That'll, that'll take us to Friday show. Then we can reevaluate some other picks. Talk about the stars, wild hurricanes, Islanders, a little more in depth. I apologize to those fan bases. We haven't spent too much time on them, but we'll get to it. You know, those my two picks, series I think are going to seven. I really, your picks are what? My picks are looking good. My first so, round picks. So are mine. We pretty much did the same picks. <laughs> yeah. But I was talking about me, John. Which hey. ones were different? We had difference with the... You picked Carolina. Okay, that's looking... I'm looking pretty solid there. And you picked the Rangers. Okay, so I could go 8-0. You could. We both could still, so... No, we both can't go 8-0. Either of us can go 8-0. <laughs> hey, I, I did look it up. In the last 12 months in India, we've had 321 listens. Who is listening in India? I, I think it's got to be like a it's it's like someone at the U.S. Embassy or something like it's not, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or a Canadian station that's in base there or something. I don't know. If you're listening in India, send us a message with an Indian address and we'll send you something from the show. But it has to be from India. OK, send us a message on our where can people reach out to us? Tim? Do we have an email? We do. We do. Yeah. Tim at dropping the gloves.com. You can email me there anytime with it. John, we're in pretty much every country, Pakistan. Myanmar. We're not in every country. There's hundreds of countries where there's, we're in more than a hundred countries. But I thought, I don't know if that's how it works. Is it if someone's listening on a plane and it goes over like 10 countries? I don't know. There's also people <laughs> use like those um, IP, IP yeah. maskers, you know, Whatever. Yeah, people are people are smart. They're very smart. You're smart. But anyways, I'm I'm I try. All right, everybody. I hope you have a good day. We will talk to you on Friday.
Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. 